0: The Art Newspaper special Abu Dhabi Focus this week comes to you in association with Abu Dhabi Art. Hello and welcome to the Art Newspaper podcast. I'm Anna Summers-Cox, the founder, editor and chairman of the Art Newspaper. And this week we are in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates to bring you a special three-part series of podcasts during the memorable week in which Louvre Abu Dhabi is inaugurated. Abu Dhabi Art, which is both art fair and a cultural event, opened yesterday and is now a buzz with students, visitors, collectors and artists. Today, we're focusing on some of the artists taking part in Abu Dhabi Art. Later, I'll be talking to two Saudi artists, Ahmed Mata and Manal al-Dawayan, who've been using their art to comment on issues in their society. I shall be talking to them about their work and the rapid social and political transformations currently taking place under the leadership of Crown Prince Mohammed, including lifting the ban on women drivers, and the new cultural projects under his patronage. I think
1: Western media wants the Saudi women to constantly look oppressed and weak and invisible, and this is just absolutely incorrect. But first,
0: our deputy digital editor Amy Dawson spoke to the Iraqi-born artist Dia Azawi, already a classic of modern Arab art, whose retrospective in Qatar this year was billed as the largest ever solo exhibition by an Arab artist. At Abu Dhabi Art, Meme Gallery is showing a single work by Dia, a 16-metre-long painting about the horrors of the 2003 invasion of Iraq.
2: Okay, so we're sat uh, in front of your monumental work, and it's 16 metres long. It's called Mission of Destruction. And um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the work.
3: Practically, I start uh, doing a lot of work related to what's going on in, in, in Iraq and in the area since uh, beginning of 90s. And this one, it's more a sort of a documentation of what had happened after 2003, uh, when the invasion started by the American, British, and uh, French. This painting, in particular, is like a, a comment on the last speech of uh, President Bush, when he said the mission accomplished. For me, it is the mission accomplished when the Iraqi army destroyed. But the reality, the destruction of Iraq started after that. When the American army let the people to go to the uh, Iraqi museum, uh, modern art museum, National Library, destruction of all these places without interfering to stop all these uh, people, but they kept their tanks next to the oil embassy, oil uh, ministry.
2: And um, can you describe a little bit what kind of imagery you have in the work here?
3: The images that, if I start from the right, is uh, which reflect the uh, power who attacked Iraq, in, in a combination of various shapes. Then to come the uh, what had happened after the uh, destruction of the army, uh, we can find the images of the uh, Abu Ghraib prison, for example. Then image of. Uh, Uh, the destruction of the uh, Iraqi museum also to the end of the painting the fall of Saddam uh, sculptures and for me it was in a way the fall of the uh, state rather than the regime the people were expecting the fall of the regime rather than the state but what happened, the state fell down and the chaos started from that time
2: and one of your most famous works, also a monumental work, the Sabra and Shatila uh, piece that's owned by the Tate Modern in London, that might be a work that people are quite familiar with. Do you see a similarity between these two very monumental works?
3: Uh, maybe the similarity more in, in my attitude towards what's going on. I mean, I'm a, somebody who brought up from the 40s on the Palestinian problem, was going on and in particular Sabra Shetila I know the the camps myself and when when happened for me it was uh, uh, I I saw the TV Uh, and immediately after that I started doing some work without thinking if I do the painting will be two meters or three meters I just try to express my anger to what had happened there.
2: And a piece like this obviously it's it's very large and um, not necessarily suited to everybody's home. Do you hope or imagine that maybe it will end up in a public institution?
3: Well, I hope so. At least as, as had happened to Tabra Shatila, it became a document of what had happened in, in, uh, in Lebanon. And I will be more than happy if I can see this painting somewhere in an international institution or Arab institution.
2: And um, your Sabra and Shatilla work, I remember there was a story about how it may be placed next to Picasso's Guernica at the Reina Sofia in Madrid um, because there's often a comparison made between the, the magnitudes of the work and the kind of subjects of the works. Um, what happened with that project? Is it still ongoing? Or
3: Yeah, this is uh, what had happened that uh, a collector, a Palestinian collector who was trying to build a museum in Beirut, And I agree with him. I gave him the right to produce just one, but the same size. Because for me, I think it's very important for this piece to be in Beirut. And we agreed, uh, we managed to contact about four or five uh, studios. And then we agreed later on the one from uh, Spain. When they put some uh, the work of Sabrosky next to to Picasso, this is incredible for me, definitely. But also for them, maybe to try to uh, give a hint to the government that they are do, trying their best, but they have difficulties in producing the, such a, a lot of work.
2: And um, you had this year one um, a massive retrospective at Mathaf um, in Doha, in Qatar. Um, it was described as the biggest uh, solo show of an Arab artist. Um, how did that show go, and what has come from it?
3: It went well, actually. In, uh, in the, I mean, the reaction, the press from the, from the West and the, from the America was f- fantastic. Uh, the problem with, the, with such a big exhibition is not easy for uh, people to come and visit Qatar unless to go and see it. But anyhow, part of what happened with it, uh, I got agreement now with Tate Liverpool to choose some selection because the exhibition is so big in Doha and hopefully from uh, Liverpool we'll go somewhere else.
2: Um, you mentioned that you have this solo show coming up at Tate Liverpool in 2018 which is very exciting. Um, what other projects do you have next year?
3: Uh, I just want to relax. I mean, I work for one year uh, without stopping to do documentation and to prepare all the work. But hopefully, planning to have an exhibition, maybe uh, large exhibition in Beirut.
2: Inshallah.
3: Inshallah. Thank you. Thank
2: you very much. <laughs> Thank
0: you very much. Now to Ahmed Mata, one of Saudi Arabia's best-known artists, both in his own country and abroad. He's produced a series of extraordinarily vivid photographs of the most sacred place for Islam, Mecca, with all of its new luxury hotels and glitz. He has also been appointed to a very important role in the cultural scene by Crown Prince Mohammed. To start off with, I'd like to ask you, Ahmed, what um, Abu Dhabi art uh, has done for the region and what, it, what it's done for you, sir?
4: I think uh, what art, uh, Abu Dhabi, done is uh, a very important role in the region because, uh, you know, like to find a common ground place for art and artists uh, to meet from everywhere is uh, the first uh, and the uh, most important things for, uh, you know, any art scene.
0: Um, Ahmed, you're famous for a series of photographs you did of the most sacred place of Islam, which is Mecca. Which is being has been changed massively in the last few years um, what was it that moved you to do something about a place which is highly sacred? Uh, you
4: know Mecca is the center of uh, uh, islam so i, I start to uh, to put my uh, you know like uh, uh, canvas or to to the to direction of uh, Mecca we pray every uh, five times to, th- th- and we direct uh, t- direction uh, to Mecca. So f- uh, from this, I start to think about: I need to know more and uh, explore the reality of uh, Mecca from inside, and uh, how people from everywhere come to this must exclusive, must visited place on the earth, and how they they uh, uh, they react to it.
0: But there there are some things which are so sacred that even as an artist, perhaps you felt that you couldn't quite exploit them or or, or you had to stand back and say, I mustn't go Yeah, there. of
4: course, this is the beginning. If, even it's not easy to find, uh, you know, license to photograph uh, Mecca. It's not easy. And uh, at and the same time, it's a, I question myself many times, is it the right time? Is it... Will you know, uh, you know, it will, you know, fire back also for many reasons uh, on me. But uh, I, I, I take t- more time. This is why it take me five years to do uh, all of this documentation about the changing in the city. And uh, uh, it's the most important time because um, uh, for uh, for two two reason. One of this reason, it was economical boom. And the same time when they start. Uh, 2000, uh, you know, 10, 12 until 12 it was big economical boom in, in, in Saudi Arabia. So everyone starts with this uh, idea of building, and the second things it's uh, it's the uh, it's the mass the mass, uh, you know that's the mass expansion you know transformation of the city. Uh,
0: there are parallels in the West, not uh, so much in sacred places, because as you know, we are mostly unbelievers, but uh, um, uh, take a city like Venice uh, which is flooded with five times more visitors a year than it has inhabitants and the risk that um, in the desire to visit something which is considered very valuable that actually you diminish the value of what you are visiting.
4: Yes, in 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 uh, in Mecca, the the ca- the different cases, the people come for uh, you know ritual, the pilgrimage, the Hajj, yeah. And uh, uh, here is the uh, problem between two things. For, uh, for how I see it from my side, I think there is how can the city accommodate all of these people, but at the same time there is another power, which is the capitalist mm, or the ca- capitalist bar or the. Um, uh, I don't know what I could call it, new liberalism. I think maybe starting to you know like build this kind of economy inside because it's a it's a, it's a targeted place for the uh, economists as well. So between this two, there is a lot of things happening. So you said a lot of hotels, a lot of things. Everyone find Mecca is now it's the most expensive uh, square meter in the Arab world, or I may uh, some people say in the on the world.
0: Now, um, you're going to be having an exhibition shortly at the Brooklyn Museum. I imagine you'll be showing some of these works. Have you decided to keep some works back because they won't be understood by people in America?
4: Uh, Yes, there is some art. You know, like we we, uh, with the curator of the Brooklyn Museum, we work very, uh, uh, you know, I mean, from their side and from our side, we work together, you know, uh, to to shape a narrative that can uh, give a uh, global story that can be understood. But at the same time, we push some of our, uh, our uh, photography and some of artwork that uh, also art to explore. You know, like we, we people will ask to learn. People will, will, this exhibition also will open a lot of questions. So it uh, uh, it, it needs also educational program with the... Uh, with this exhibition which also will, will we're working on uh, this as well
0: yeah. So you'll be explaining Islam to people not just explaining your art uh,
4: In some way but we will explain it from a different perspective a different point of view but uh, we're explaining the idea of uh, people moving to uh, ritual hajj uh, or ex pilgrim or things how people go for the faith
0: I've heard you say something rather interesting that as a doctor you're very practical and that you said something about how urban planning should be more like the body
4: yes the idea came to my mind what about if we treat uh, the cities like a body and uh, urbanism and architecture work with the city like a body then there will be more uh, you know uh, they will care more, you know, like, because usually also I said something that we, we, we didn't expect from young architect or new generation architect to build a, a new building or high building. We expect more to fix between the buildings, you know, fix the, the flow of the life. And if you ignore your the toes on your feet, soon you'll have a problem
0: in the whole of your body. Yeah,
4: yeah. that's that's uh, yeah, that's a saying. Yeah. yeah, so it's everything is connected.
0: Yes, yeah. Yes. Now to get back to uh, this new role that you have um, in the foundation created by the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, can you tell me what what, yeah, what it is? Yeah, the, the
4: the foundation is a non-profit uh, foundation called MISC, um, uh, and uh, it has different section it's to empower youth in uh, education mm-hmm. in art and culture in media I am responsible for the art and culture now and uh, we're working on uh, in a, a program a very extensive program with the local and the global you know like a vision and the same time we're also uh, building uh, an institution it's called Misk art institution this institution will work with educational uh, System and at the same time uh, has a, a museum uh, or a permanent uh, collection and uh, also a place for uh, galleries for artists to show as well. Thank you very much, Ahmed. Thank you, thank you so much.
0: Manal al-Dawayan is an artist-activist particularly engaged with the role of women in Saudi Arabia. Her work is about them but also made with them. One of the subjects she has taken up is the prohibition, until very recently, of women drivers. Do you think that behind the scenes it's been the women who have been influencing the crown prince now that he's finally said that the women are going to be allowed to drive? And do you think that any other rights are going to come along soon?
1: Definitely, yes. There are women that were working as... uh, uh, members of the Shura Council, which, which is a consultative council that King Abdullah had appointed, at least 20% of it was women. These women were working on one side. We had women who established um, uh, political parties for the municipal elections that allowed women for the first time in history to vote. So their efforts were also integral. Really, this is, I have a project that actually that I worked on called Voice Reclaimed with Dr. Ramey dabagh Who's an academic at NYU? And it's called Voice Reclaimed, where we decided to interview and document women who do regular jobs like psychiatry or uh, teaching in universities and imagine what kind of influence they have on other women's lives and, and sort of improving their own and others. And I think different people contribute, different women and men have contributed to this change. But in the end, it was actually um, our crown prince who made the final push to implement this new rule, which is an economic sound decision. Uh, It will elevate huge issues for women. For example, um, a couple of years ago, I did a project called Crash. It is about the teachers' deaths. Uh, These are teachers that uh, drive out of main cities in Saudi Arabia to teach in remote, remote villages. There's a good side to it that our country actually provides education to every single girl uh, and woman, regardless of where they live. But then the downside of it is that they are sort of constantly uh, put at threat because they have to hire these unskilled drivers who really don't know anything about safety and they constantly have car crashes. This has been happening for 25 years.
0: Would you like to talk a little bit about how your work is received in Saudi Arabia and in the Emirates? And then how it's received in the West.
1: I'm actually quite happy that my artwork is received very positively in Saudi Arabia. And I, this is The biggest indicator is the amount of women that come into my participatory art projects. Another indicator is how press cover my artworks in a very positive light rather than questioning my motives. Um, I consider the UAE uh, sort of just the second home, and so really the themes and the subjects that I talk about usually are received positively, but that's not just the only thing. Um, understanding what I, the messages behind my works is very easy here in the region. Sometimes I don't even need to describe the context uh, or the story behind the work. Some people just look at the artwork and understand it immediately. Now, moving on to the global stage, it is a completely different story. I do need to um, sort of set up, set the stage because there is another kind of messaging coming out about women and the country that I belong to and the art movement. So really, I think Western media wants the Saudi women to constantly look oppressed and weak and invisible. And this is just absolutely incorrect because in Saudi Arabia, you have the most ferocious women, most intelligent, educated, active. um, And it's not about just the activists or the poor oppressed. There are women that work within the system. They negotiate the system. And because of them, um, small changes without massive ripples that uh, disrupt things. Because of them, uh, things are changing in the country their voices heard. Now You did a very striking work which
0: is hanging here beside us which is a huge um, set of worry beads. It's about 10 feet high and each bead is written with a name in Arabic. Uh, It was a group work with lots of ladies I understand. Did they feel that they were taking part in a work of art or or did they think it was a a bit of actionism Um, and
1: what is their understanding of what is art? So in my participatory projects I really Uh, addressed the ethical issues that I understood and could address at that point when I was producing these works. Most importantly is to make the participants understand what contemporary art is. Um, I don't say that everybody is completely clueless. A lot of women have been to museums, have been to galleries, art fairs, but the majority have not. And they came because they chose art as a platform to express themselves. And For that, I thank them, but I also wanted them to know exactly what we were doing. So I would always give a short lecture at the beginning of any participatory art project or uh, workshop that I'm doing, where I explain the idea of contemporary art, I show the works of other artists in Saudi Arabia so that they have this knowledge of who's doing what, and then we get on with uh, the workshop. You can find all of our Abu Dhabi Focus coverage
0: on our website, theartnewspaper.com, including videos from Louvre Abu Dhabi and Abu Dhabi Art. You can also keep up to date with all the latest Art World news from Abu Dhabi and beyond on social media. So follow us on Facebook at theartnewspaper, Newspaper, on Twitter and Instagram at theartnewspaper.official. Look out for the third episode in our Abu Dhabi Focus podcast series coming later this week. Thank you very much for listening.